Hello, and welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson. I'm a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams. I'm a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we're talking about dealing with imperfectionists. Hey Janine. Hey Shannon, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good too. I'm good too. We had a birthday over the weekend, my husband's birthday, so that's always nice. So I'm nice riding the high from that. Oh, that's excellent. We like birthdays at our house. Yeah. Did Bix get Barry a good gift? He usually does. Mm -hmm. He got him a toy from BarkBox and wow, uh huh, and some hand baked treats from Four Muddy Paws, where we buy dog food. So he believes in giving a gift you want to receive. Yes, and I remember in the past Barry has texted me photos of the sticks that Bix has given him. Oh, my God. Or was, um, was that was, Kirby? That was Kramer. It was Kramer who really? gave me a big box of sticks. Yeah. <laughs> they, it was so impressive because they were all the same length. They were curated. It was a curated. Uh-huh. They'd been collecting them for months, I think, and hiding them in the bushes. And they uh-huh. were in a beautiful box that gift wrap had come in, like from a school sale. You know, they come in those gold boxes. Oh, right. <laughs> open it up, and it was yeah. a big box of sticks. <laughs> Kramer was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I love that your poodles give you gifts that they would like to receive themselves. Yeah, it really makes it fun for everybody. Yeah. yeah he's so. all about it. He's right in there when we open up presents. <laughs> Yeah, Cleo started that this year with Mike and gave him a bag of um, trout-flavored treats. Mm, Delicious. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, today... We are, I'm, first of all, I have to say I'm impressed with myself that I was able to say, no, I can't say it, Ah. imperfectionists (laughs) the first time without stumbling over it. You, yeah, you did a very nice job of it. That's not an easy word. No, no, but that's the word that we are using for um, people who are more naturally good at good enough. And mm-hmm. people that uh, tend to be satisficers relative mm-hmm. to what we talked about last week with good enough decision making. Mm-hmm. And we are talking about this uh, specifically because we heard from a listener, Tammy, who uh, asked us for advice on a conflict that she's having with her neighbor. And Tammy identifies as more of a a maximizer when it comes to decision making and um, a tendency towards perfectionism. And apparently her neighbor does not. And Mm -hmm. her neighbor makes decisions more quickly than she does and doesn't have the same financial situation. And and then Tammy doesn't um, 
feel the same level of urgency that her neighbor feels. So she's feeling a little anxious that uh, the fence that is falling down between their properties is going to get replaced more quickly and more expensively than she would like. Right. She doesn't, um, she shared that she's, it's not that she wants the very best fence. She just, she wants a, a, a reasonably priced fence. And that requires right. research. Right. Right. And so she, she wants to maximize the decision uh, in financial terms and get the best fence she can for a reasonable price. And it seems that her neighbor is more inclined to get a couple of bids and just pick a fence and get it done. Right. I'm um, that na- I'm her neighbor. Yeah. So I can totally understand. <laughs> Let's just get it done. Uh, but yeah. but it's a very it's a valid concern and I'm, I appreciate Tammy bringing it up because it's an interesting question, I think. It is. It is. And and you know, we had a um, a situation where we had to have a tree taken out and a fence um, replaced in between us and a neighbor. And uh, it, I thought of it because our neighbor, uh, it was a similar situation. She's in a different financial position. Um, she had a, a budget for what she could spend. And she um, gave us parameters up front, like, this is what I can spend. This is what's important to me. And if you want me to do research, I'm happy to do it. And uh, if you want to take care of it, then I'm happy to pay you what I can afford, which is this. And so then that freed us up to um, take care of the fence and some other things. But, you know, we paid more because we wanted more done. And she, you know, we're both happy with the fence and it all worked out great. And that process that she did of sort of thinking through what was important to her and giving us those boundaries really made a huge difference. It could have been a big nightmare if we didn't realize what was going on, if she just sort of went along with it and then resented us. Right. And we didn't know why. (laughs) Right. I mean, there's, it really is sort of um, um, fraught, right? I mean, handled... Uh, with less openness and less communication, it could be uh, the kind of deal where you get, you know, you're glad you have a fence <laughs> because you're you're right. so annoyed with your neighbor. Um, but right. yeah, I love that she uh, she knew what she wanted. She knew what she could afford. She knew it was important to her what she could afford, and yeah. she communicated it with you, right? Which really freed right. you up, right? I mean, if she yeah. hadn't communicated that budget that would have just added a whole layer of stress to the to everything and probably lots right. of back and forth right right and it and it just it made it so much simpler um and you know it was right. a bit of a complex process getting that tree taken out and it just made it easier well i would just encourage tammy to i mean i know that f- the financial piece is important to her um and so I think it would be useful for Tammy to think through what really matters to her and take the top couple of things and 
write them down and then either, you know, go talk to her neighbor or, you know, drop off a note um, if she's more comfortable doing that and just saying, you know, that this is what I can afford. I'm happy to get more bids if none of the bids that you've received meet those financial guidelines or perhaps her neighbor is cares enough about getting it done quickly that she'd be willing to pay more to do that yeah pay more than half uh yeah yeah, to get it done um right i was just going to say it does boil down to knowing what's important to you in a scenario like this because it is a bit of a negotiation and you go into it knowing what what matters um to you and especially something like a fence because there are lots and different choices um, yes (laughs) (laughs) well that just reminded me i've forgotten about this that um at another place i used to live the people wanted to replace the fence and the fence was perfectly fine they just wanted something more aesthetically pleasing and Mm -hmm. wanted to take out the existing fence and replace it and they told me about their elaborate fence plans and what they thought it would cost and and um, wanted to know uh, that, you know, just to make sure that I would be willing to pay half of it. And I said, N- no. <laughs> They're like, what do, you, what do you mean, no? I said, I'm perfectly happy with the existing fence. If you want to replace the fence... That's fine, but I have no interest in replacing the fence, and I'm not, and it's a perfectly fine fence. Like, I'm not willing to pay half of a fence. You know, I'm not willing to pay thousands and thousands of dollars because you want to beautify your backyard. Right, and and what they do? Uh, they rebuilt the fence, but they did it much less expensively um and yeah and that but i also told them that that i had recently had the property surveyed and i said you know if you replace the fence it has to be built entirely on your side of the property line like the current fence was built in the middle of the property line oh uh and i said if if you replace the fence and it's and you're paying for the whole fence. The whole fence needs to be on your side of the property line. And um, I think they thought I was being a little bit grumpy with mm-hmm. that. <laughs> well, but I, you know, they're paying for it. It needs to be on their side because I'm not going to be responsible for upkeep of it if they, you know, want to spend that much money on a fence. Right. And plus, and it's their fence, so it should be on their property. It becomes exactly. their fence instead of a shared fence. Right. And so. Um, I happened to be there when the fence builder was there and putting in the fence posts and all the fence posts were on my side, not even in the middle, but on my side of the property line. And so I told the guy, I said, you need to stop immediately. And, um, because this isn't right. It needs to be on the, the posts need to be lined up on the other side of this line here and um they were not happy with me but they fixed it and and was um, it the the neighbors the neighbors who were unhappy or the fence builders who were unhappy 
Everybody but was unhappy. Everybody, nobody was happy. <laughs> was it? They was had it just hard? set all of these posts in concrete. Oh, oh they're already in concrete. Oh no! Oh my yeah. gosh! Good for you. Was it? Was it hard for you to con- confront them about that or to take that on? It wasn't because I had already been very clear about what my expectations mm-hmm. were. Right. And, um, you know, it's like, if you want to replace the fence, these are the parameters under which you can replace the fence. And had the fence been falling down, I would have been more than happy to pay half the fence. And like, we would have put it on the property line. You know, I'm. it's not mm-hmm. like I'm an unreasonable person. It's just, I'm, I'm not going to f- pay for like they wanted to do some weird bamboo, you know, it's just this whole thing. Right. Um, but so well, I, it, I didn't, it was not hard for me to mm-hmm. stick with the boundaries that I had already set. Right. That's the key. I mean, that's, that's so reinforcing of what we just said a few minutes ago, which was, you know, know your, know what you, know what you want and communicate it well. right and those boundaries right. are so important because if you had been wishy-washy or if there were any wiggle room in the communication um then taking out the concrete <laughs> would have been yeah uh, a bigger point of contention i mean they had no choice because somebody just messed up do you think they were trying right. to get more of your property or was it unintentional uh, I think it was purposeful. I think they thought that they oh, could wow. just put it in and then it would be done and then, you know, I'd have to live with it. They underestimated you, didn't they? They did. They did not know who <laughs> they, I was, they were dealing with because dealing I seemed with. so pleasant. Right. <laughs> I seemed like such a nice person. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but, you know, it was sort of shocking because in the process they had done all of this, like, crazy stuff in their backyard and I let them use my property to like bring a backhoe in to remove an in-ground pool and like you know it's not like I have been a pain in the butt neighbor Mm -hmm. um it just you know I don't know it was just interesting how it all sort of panned out but like you said it totally reinforces the more clear you can be up front the easier it is to manage things and they sort of knew you know they were irritated with me but they knew like they didn't have a leg to stand on like that Mm -hmm. was the agreement and you know that was the reasonable thing to do right i think that they were just sort of the in the you know it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission um even though they had expressly not been given permission (laughs) (laughs) right yeah yeah the not just not asking for it right but uh yeah yeah, that's very interesting and and i really think that when it comes to any relationships neighbors spouses children whatever uh clear communication and open communication is so important to right deal with these kinds of um what's the word um I want to say incongruencies, but that doesn't seem quite right. But whenever you have people who have different sensibilities, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard. You know, I'm, a, I'm an imperfectionist married to a perfectionist. It's all about compromise. Or right. sometimes it's just let, about letting him do everything, which is fine. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, right. Yeah. So, but open, you know, and not, not harboring resentment um, because it, people are just wired differently, I think. Or, or they're just in a different part of their journey 
Right. Right. And it's the, it is important to sort of know what's important to you and to know that you're not going to get everything. Like you can't expect that someone is going to, you know, whether they're a perfectionist or not, they're not likely to want things exactly the same way you do. And Mm -hmm. so to think about, you know, the couple of things that feel like um, deal breakers to you, like what is the most important thing here? Like if we are talking about Tammy's fence, like the most important thing probably to her is that she not exceed her budget. Mm -hmm. And, um, And if she can meet that, then she's probably fine. But, you know, if whatever those parameters are um, to figure those out up front, it's so much easier to do it up front than to, you know, have someone come to you and be like, oh, here's, you know, what it costs to get the fence built. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute, that's like 10 times more than I can pay. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. That's an uncomfortable conversation. So, Yeah. yeah, bypass that by just being open and upfront. Right. And I think sometimes if you have a hard time um, expressing yourself that it does help to write things down, although I also encourage people to not hide behind a piece of paper and to have Mm -hmm. a conversation with someone whenever possible Mm -hmm. um, to be able to do both of those things. Yeah, it's reminding me of a time that a landlord who lived upstairs, we lived downstairs, no, the other way around, we lived upstairs, she was our landlord, she bought the house, and mailed mm-hmm. us a, a note through, a letter through, a handwritten letter through the postal service, <laughs> saying <laughs> we had to be, at, we had to move out, you know, it was an eviction notice, so we had to move out in two months or whatever, something, but it was like, uh-huh. really? Really, you've never met well, us, you just- live in the same house. <laughs> and you didn't want to have a conversation about it? Yeah, that's absurd. So, but also legally, to, it should it's be in like writing. she has to give it, it well, and it, and it has to go through the postal service. Oh, it does? Like there's, there's rules about how you um, can legally give notice. Oh, I didn't. I never, when I was a landlord, I didn't know about that. <laughs> I certainly yeah. never mailed well, anything so to my tenants. It my depends house. on the it depends on the jurisdiction, you know. Mm-hmm. The the state, city, county may have different rules. And yeah, then, wow. but now also like when I have um, tenants sign a lease, they also sign um, that they are willing to get notice via email or text. Ah, and then they provide the their email addresses and phone numbers for that. So that then becomes legally sufficient for giving them notice. Gotcha. Well, for more than 30 um, years, I've been resenting this poor landlady for, uh, <laughs> for Well, she still could have said something. Yeah. She could have introduced said, herself. Usually, <laughs> right. Usually what I do is have a conversation and then, you know, mail the legal notice. Right. Yeah for whatever it is that, you know, we have to mail it for. I think she but, was just afraid um, that we were going to be mean. Probably because she didn't know it. Because you're horrible. I've seen you. You're scary. Very, very scary. She, I don't think she'd ever <laughs> even seen us. But yeah, I'm very scary. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. But so, you know, I think the thing with dealing with if you're a perfectionist and you're dealing with an imperfectionist um, or even, you know, if it's people that both have tendencies toward perfectionism is to just get really clear on what's important to you and share that up front mm-hmm. um, and know that you're not you're not going to um, be able to have everything that you want. Like there will need to be some um, compromise. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing that I thought of when you were talking about being married to a perfectionist when you aren't a perfectionist is the idea of would you rather be right or happy? Oh, right. And yeah. And so I think a lot of times, um, uh, particularly if you deal with, if you're on the side of perfectionism, keeping that in mind that mm-hmm. um, uh, sometimes it's nicer to be happy than to be right and to let some things go. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else you have to say about dealing with imperfectionists? Uh, no, I guess not. I feel like we were, we have a clear message here. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think, um, uh, at some point you said something about kindness and I think that's a good oh, yeah. thing to right, remember. It doesn't have to be confrontational. It can be, I mean, just rem- remembering to be kind goes a long way, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also I think about it as um, uh, how can you both get your needs met? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, finding out when you figure out what's most important for you, finding out what's most important for the other person in a situation like this mm, yeah, is really useful. That's where conversation can come in. I mean, that's another reason yes. to have a conversation rather than a note. Right. Right. Um, and even, you know, framing your note from that regard of, of kindness and, hey, I know we're in different situations. This is where I'm at, where are you at? Mm-hmm. As opposed to a list of demands. Right. Yeah. Well, so Tammy, we hope that this is helpful for you in your specific situation. And we hope that it's helpful for all of our listeners, generally speaking, when you're dealing with someone that is a different level of perfection or imperfection than you are. Uh, let us know. You can leave a vote voicemail at 413-424-GTGE. That's 4843. You can uh, email us at uh, hello at gettingtogoodenough.com or find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. We're getting to good enough. And on Twitter, we're at GTG enough. And of course, we're always online at our website, gettingtogoodenough.com where you can comment on the show notes for today's episode. Uh, But for now, this is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you.
figured out the whole being um, imperfectionist perfectionist together. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we do okay. 